So um You do I, an introduction and everything. Nah, do I bollocks? Oh, no, this no? is this is I've said it the last few episodes. This is Joe Rogan style, mate. This is it. We're recording yeah. now. So hi friends. I'm here with um he's my pod bro. He's my pod brother. He's he's uh he's the man I love. <laughs> He's Aww. my heterosexual life mate. <laughs> yeah. And he's somebody special. He's somebody that has um that has been with me and we've been doing this podcast in Lark for well, it's ten years well, it's over April. 10 years so now, it's ten years it? April, so it's it's ten and a half years now. Yeah. Yeah. Um that we, we started all those years ago, um in this very room that I'm in now, in in the, the infamous shed. And how different it looks now. Well, how different how different is everything now? It's just well, crazy. yeah. Um, but yeah. it's Neil. Hello, Neil. Hello, Pam. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Nice to meet you all. So on this, this is side of... this is weird, isn't it? Because obviously, mm. we don't ever. I think we've rec- we've interviewed each other once on two Maybe. different podcasts, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So we used to do a podcast called Movie Heaven that I that you were the guest on. That's right. Because we used to co-host them and that, and then have a guest obviously and then the live at the shed which was the mm. music one um you and uh one of our other co-hosts interviewed me that's right that's the only time i can think that we've actually sat opposite each other as it were i know this is virtual mm. and we're in fr- next to each other but this is i the, think that's uh, the only full interview we've ever done full-on podcast interview yeah it's got yeah. to be it's got but it be. hasn't it wasn't it was more about our love of movies and music mm. and all that kind of stuff so Obviously, for this, for the big black bear, um, you very kindly said that you were gonna gonna come on and and chat because you've had yeah. you've had issues in your past with mental all health. My, all my life, yeah. all my life, I've struggled with it. Obviously, I didn't know about it when I was younger, but yeah, all my life I've struggled. Yeah, but you, but you did you sort of held back on it because of um, what what's happened. We'll go through. I'll, I'll, mm. If you don't mind, I would like to go right from. Firstly, from the start of this last year that you've had, because yeah. this last year that you've had, it's been trying. Very it's, oh, fucking hell, mate! Trying is it? Yeah. yeah. To, to me, trying is a very British way of saying what it is that yeah. you've been through. I mean, it's. I mean, let me let's, let me explain to everybody what happened. Um, basically, I'm. I was a keen walker, and every night I'd walk the dog. So I'd go out with my little hat on that's got a light on the front and go for walks for miles still in the dark and I've done this walk that I've done a thousand times and coming home with the dogs I was coming down the dark narrow lane and a four by four came down the lane so I pulled into the side pulled my dogs back and waved them through and we all waved everything was jolly and my little dog moved and I stepped out thinking everything was clear but the four by four was towing a trailer um so I walked straight into the trailer and it hit my knee um, on the side and basically dragged me down the road. Now I didn't fall over. I hopped with the trailer down the road and managed to get off it. Didn't, I mean, it hurt. Let's get that straight away. I didn't know that, you know, I knew I'd hurt myself, but I didn't think I'd hurt myself that badly because with the adrenaline, I put my foot down and walked back to the side of the road. How I did that, God only knows. That must have been adrenaline. That done. Yeah, it's got to have been. been. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get that wave of nausea, the pain just went out of this world and I literally couldn't put my leg to the floor. Um, so the person I was with, I, I said, look, just hang on to me a minute. Cause I'm wobbling. I feel like I'm going to pass out. I've done something and something bad. 
And they said, yeah, no problem. I said, well, just give me five minutes because I've managed to walk. I'll get to the wall just down there, the road, and we'll sit on there. And they said, I don't think you will, but okay. And they stood there and stood there. And then I just couldn't do anything. I couldn't move. There was no tree to hold on to for them to go and get help or anything. Fortunately, they rang my dad and he was at home, came and got me, got me in the uh, the, the car and hence went to the hospital. Subsequently found out that I'd broken my kneecap in two places, one on the inside, one on the outside, smashed the kneecap um, and then laid up and then was in hospital in and out over Christmas, right into Christmas week. I mean, I was in hospital the this, 20th this, of December. This happened, this happened the, the week before Christmas, wasn't it? Uh, just a bit before. So I'm nearly a year in when you get yeah. to, I think it's the 4th of December or the 5th of December. I can't, I can't remember. No, no, no. But um, yeah, so I was in and out of hospital with them deciding what to do, for them to decide that they were going to operate. Of course, it happened right when they decided to strike. I mean... I'm not judging them for that. That is what it is. Um, so in the strikes, I went nine days on a trot at home, fasting every day, waiting for the uh, the operation appointment to come through, for them to ring me the next day and cancel and then tell me to prepare again from six o'clock in the morning, fasting. And that was nine days on the trot. And then sort of about, when was it? It was the Monday before Christmas, because Christmas was on the weekend. I was taken into hospital due to have this major um, plate and pins put in my leg. And I was in there and prepped for the operation on the Monday. They said, sorry, we're not going to get the operation done today, but stay in overnight. We're going to do first thing in the morning. Had the worst night's sleep I've ever had in my life. Bless them. Um, and they were so understaffed. There was, you know, I had an old old boy admitted in that he was totally dazed and confused and of course soiled himself through the night and, had all this trauma of that going on whilst, I mean, high on morphine to keep the pain down. It was bizarre. So I, I can't remember sleeping at all that night. Got up in the morning, was prepped for the operation. You know, they come around, the surgeon comes around and sorts you out. And there I waited in my hospital gown. Um, so then I was, I'll cut a long story short anyway, I was delayed then till the afternoon. The afternoon came around and I was taken down, taken up. And in the end, they cancelled again. And that's when the first wave of depression came in quite badly. I, I I mean, I'm not a big crier, as you probably know, but that made me cry because I just had enough. I just wanted to be done. But I also didn't want to be in hospital for Christmas and miss all the family that were coming Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And it absolutely devastated me. So... I was left in the lurch, taken home. They said, you need to go home. It's Christmas week. We're not going to do it this side of Christmas. So I was brought home. Um, and there I was, an invalid, and it struggled. So the mental health obviously took a kick in right through that period. So um, what, what had they done? Had they done anything to your knee? Was it in plaster? Apart from was the, it in... It, no, it was in a makeshift brace um, that just held my leg out straight. And then obviously on crutches. And I had to keep it elevated at all times. Then. Yeah. Um, but no, they didn't. They, as far as I knew, they were still going to operate. Um, so I hate, I came home, had Christmas. I don't remember Christmas a lot, obviously, for the painkillers. Mm, no. Uh, the only thing I remember, Christmas morning, get this. So the family all turned out, all, all my family, not into my house. I was still sat here. And I was... I woke up with the worst earache you could imagine. I can't, I don't know why, don't know when, don't know how, but 
it was terrible. And I rang my mum and said, look, I'm really struggling. I'm, and then I was in tears again all morning. Yeah, yeah. Because I was missing Christmas. And it was really bizarre, obviously, way out of it on morphine, earache, everything came through. But got through Christmas. And then early January, I was taken back up to hospital. And this is when the consultant decided that they weren't going to operate. They wanted to let it heal naturally because the advice they'd given me was that they were going to do a full knee replacement. Um, they didn't know when, they didn't know how, but I would need it. Yeah. Um, and that's when the shit really started to dawn on me that, okay, how long is this going to take? So for three months easily, I could I wasn't allowed to walk on my leg not at all, not put pressure on it, I had to keep it raised. And that's, I became very isolated, but not isolated because nobody came to see me, isolated because I didn't want to see people. Mm. Um, so my mental health took a real, real beating in the, these three months, like even probably a bit more than the three months. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to be candid about it. Sort of, I'm, I mean, I I really am. I'm going to say, because other people have probably gone through similar experiences or got to that level of depression. I've kept it on my, now I won't show you it, but I've kept it on my computer. I wrote the suicide note. I was, that was it. I was, I didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't want to do it. I just had no sort of sign of a way out. You know, I just work, money, everything just piled on top. And I I hit the pits of despair. So was was things like, because I know, I know that you you have told us, and I think you told it on the mm. on, on the top ten pod that you you were kept on morphine a lot longer than you should have been. Oh yeah, so this I mean I don't think this went, helped. Well, obviously didn't help, but yeah, they forgot they'd left me on morphine. They hadn't told me to stop. So anybody that's been on morphine regularly, you become a bit sort of dependent on it, but you're not thinking through sober eyes. I suppose it is. So was, so that that suicide note and your suicide thoughts was that no, do you think to was, do with morphine or was that when you no. were at a level and you were just no, uh, well did that I probably was at the level so that was that was wasn't drug induced no, then. So no that was that you was, thinking clearly yeah that was me thinking clearly um like i said i've struggled with mental health issues probably the majority of my life i mean i was diagnosed they said i'd probably had it a long time and I was diagnosed at quite a young age. Um, and we're talking early secondary school when I was right. had my first diagnosis. You know, diagnosis. And is there is? A, do you think that there was a, a a reason for that, or that? No, it's. Um, I mean, you know, it, it took them a long time. Now I'm not going to tell people what I suffer with. I, I I'm not going to go quite that deep. No, no, and that's tell fine. You. Yeah. Um, but. They found out what it was, and it's nothing I could do. It's a mental problem, you know. Um, yeah, I've it's cost me hospital time and everything like that. You know, I, I say hospital, I say a home, right? You know, I, was, I had to go and stay away, as it were, for a bit. Uh, I stayed away for about six weeks, I think it was, and I right. was allowed back home, which was nice, you know. Yeah. So I've had all that to deal with in my earlier years, and I. And I'll talk about the positives of that in a minute. But yeah, yeah, this injury then caused um, the de- the isolation. Like I said, it just felt like I had nothing to give or nothing I wanted. I just, you know, I was in my forced, you know, my room, you know, the same four walls staring back at me all the time. 
I had visitors, of course I did, and I entertained them and spoke to them. And like every person that suffers deeply with mental health, it's all very well, everybody saying, I'm here to talk. Yes, yeah. we know. Yeah. I know. Everybody, yeah. All my friends would be there to talk. The problem is you don't want to talk to no, them about that's it. that's exactly right, yeah. And that then becomes the issue. And, and, you know, you really should talk about them and try and unload them. But I was at the place where I didn't want to. And, yeah, I had it all set. I thought, nah, this is going to just, this is just going to be me. I just can't do this anymore. I don't want to be here. I don't enjoy life. Uh, you know, what have I got? You know, I felt very melancholy and very disappointed in myself. Um, but you, I mean, the, the thing is you can't feel again it's it's those things of people giving you advice when mm. you know you you whenever there's any kind of depression people will always give you advice and it's the kind mm. of advice that you'll give to somebody but you'll never take yourself exactly you so it always does and you know i mean i'm not i don't talk uh, this is why i happily came on here you know to give everybody a little bit of an insight i don't talk about my mental health very much at all i suffer with it i suffer with it a lot some some years I hardly suffer with it at all. Um, but it's it's going to be there for the rest of my life, you know. Yeah. Like you said, the, the name of the podcast, the Black Bear, it's it's there. It's never going to go away. It's how you choose to deal with it. But then, like I said, I didn't choose to deal with it. I had it all planned. I got the note, got everything I wanted. You know, I even wrote the note for the door of my house, just saying, "Please do not come in. Get the police." Um, cause I didn't want like my parent, imagine, you know, I didn't want that. So I was all set and I woke up the day that I was going to do it and my little dog came to visit me and I just couldn't, I just really couldn't, couldn't do it. Couldn't leave it. It wasn't people. It wasn't anybody that said, you know nobody said anything it was just i thought i just don't want to yet i'm not ready and it was my own mind you know that stopped me not not my children which is weird weird sort of thing not my children not anything and yeah so that snapped me out of it and then speaking to you and deciding that i must come back and do the podcast i mean for one i could sit and do it. I didn't yeah. want to sit on the sofa and be all slovenly, but I could come in and put myself there, and it just put me back on that track. Now, I'd say I'm 50% back on the track, and when I go back to work, whenever that may be, and when I can use my leg, I think I'll get myself up to the 80% back on the track. I've never been 100% on no. the track. I don't, think, I don't think anybody that suffers it with, with yeah. uh, mental health can, either, can say that they're 100% or... Mm you know whether they're out of 10 that they're a 10 i just don't think yeah. it's it's physically or mentally possible so when you were say the day after you decided that you weren't gonna like put yeah. that message up on the door yeah it was that night i just okay. i had it all written it was there i had the sticky tape on it it was all ready to go were you it's bizarre very bizarre. Did, how, how were you feeling like the following day was there a relief empty were, really just empty. I had no emotion at all. It's, I can remember it vividly. I didn't even take my drugs that day. Uh, I mean, I was off the morphine then, but I didn't even take my painkillers. I was just empty. I had nothing in me to give or to do. It was bizarre. It was almost like I had the, the 
all the wind out of my sails had completely gone and it, yeah it was weird and then i sort of got back into life i suppose um but i've kept it as a reminder for myself it sits on my laptop now i hope i never use it i really do i yeah. mean i can't ever say i would never do it because but who knows yeah who knows yeah you so, don't so, know do you? so again when you when you do you do you come across that note on your on your laptop by mistake or will no. you or will you purposely think i'm just going to open that and read that again yeah, I do. I do look at it to remind myself and try and think, you know, we're coming through the end of your injury now. All right. It's been a year, but you can see, you know, the, 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 the end to it. You can see other things like I couldn't see it. Like, you know, as you know, my son's really sort of pursuing this music career and he's getting all sorts of great things. The first four months, I didn't give a shit. And mm. it's horrible. It's just horrible when you feel like that. I didn't care. I didn't care. And not not in a narcissistic way. It wasn't all about me. I just didn't care about anything. It was most bizarre. Yeah, because yeah. because the weird thing is, you say about like when you you stop doing the podcast. Mm. I thought to myself, I thought that, that like this is what Neil needs because he needs to recuperate. Mm. It's no good him him struggling himself to do what he needs to do when he's he can't move. Yeah. So like from my point of view, I thought well that's the best thing for him is to not be doing it. It didn't for one minute occur to me that, I mean, well, it did occur to me that obviously you wanted to do it, but mm. there was lots of things you wanted to do that obviously physically you couldn't, you couldn't do. No. But, but the fact that you were feeling, like, I mean, I feel like as a, as a friend and as a mate, I feel like I kind of let you down and not. Oh, please not, don't. Please no, don't. But, cause, and I'm not, and again, I don't want to, hey, hey, I don't want to ever make it go, oh, I'm, this is about me. Mm. But I do feel like, like you know, with anybody that you care about, you want to be there for them, and that thing of mate. If you want to talk to me, you can talk to me, and I'm always here, kind yeah. of thing. But I'm the same as you. If someone says that to me, you've said that to me. You yeah. said that to me over the last few weeks, mm. and I will say to you, yeah, cool. I know you're there, mate. Yeah. But I've got no intention of bothering you or anybody else that has come up and said, "Can can we have?" Because, like you say, you don't want. You want to know that those people are there, mm. but you don't want to reach out to them because yeah. sometimes you just want to be yourself. Sometimes you don't want to bother other people. But, but also like, you don't want to show, I don't want to say weakness. That's not the right word. You don't want to show that you're struggling. No, I, I don't. I no. mean, you know, uh, and you don't, you don't want to say to people, Oh, by the way, I'm going to ring you. I'm on my I'm on my way to topping myself. It's just going to be terrifying for that person that you ring as well, and it's going to put added stress on them. But that's then the again, way I look at it. But then again, which would you rather have? Would you rather have them feeling un uncomfortable because you're saying that, or would you rather have them finding that note on the door? I mean, in hindsight, now that's what I would like. But when you're in the pits of despair or depression or whatever you want, it doesn't to call matter. It, doesn't matter. No, you're not no. thinking logically. I mean, if it hadn't been for the little dog, who knows? I might not be here. I might have been here. I mean, that is not supposed to sound as flippant as it does, but you'd, I don't know. It's the big unknown, isn't it? It's when you suffer badly with your mental health, um, you know, everybody deals with mental health problems differently, and everybody is going to get an episode of mental health. You know, you think you go through your life, puberty, you're going to... You, your hormones, your mind, mm. it's everywhere. Yeah. So 
you know, everybody's going to experience some kind of mental health. You know, we always criticize ourselves, whether you put too much weight on, whether you're not eating the right food, whether you're not doing the right thing, whether you're in the right job, we're all going to have episodes of some form of depression. You know, at the, at the end of the day, your brain is a muscle that needs to be protected and looked after. But like some muscles, some brains are, are just not developed right or, or no. are right or whatever it is that is the thing. But I've always said to, you know, like my my daughter and things and my son and people like that, when we've spoken openly about it, there's always something you can do. Whether, whether you use a friend, whether you don't, whether you go and get help or whether you don't, there's always something you can do to try and pull yourself out. Now, it might not be an instant thing and it might not work every time, but, you know, it's up to you whether you need to try. And that's the hard thing, isn't it, is getting people to try, you know. Like I said, when I was sort of in my earlier years and I was in hospital and I was surrounded by people that I thought, Christ, they're a lot worse than me. And they were probably thinking, Christ, he's a lot worse than me and everything like that. You know, I was speaking to the people in in there and every one of them says the same thing. It's whether you've got the mental and physical capacity to pull yourself out of those blackness or or you don't, but, you know, there is always something you can do. And that's all I ever say to them. You know, you might not want to speak to people. Don't speak to people. Yeah. Do what's right for you. It's. But at the same time, I've said it before on this podcast, for me, mental health isn't just one big thing, is it? It's layers of stuff yeah. that go on top of each other. And if you think of the fucking shit that you've been through since the start of December last mm. year, and it, and I, you know, I, I challenge anybody for it not to make, to affect them that much that mm. you've got, you know, not just the fact that you had this bad accident. Yeah. I mean, I've always said that, you know, you should be thankful every day that you are still here from the accident. Because if you're on end of the wheels, you wouldn't be here now, would you? Well, no. I mean, I was told quite matter-of-factly by my consultant and the doctors, if I'd gone under, you know, I would have easily lost a leg. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. So, I mean, I'm so, still having the, the therapy now to rebuild my leg, as it were, small yeah. procedures and everything like that. But for some reason, I seem to have found that light at the end of the tunnel now. You know, I see the way out. I'm I'm getting the treatment that I've been waiting months for and here for and there for. So that to me is a positive. So I use that in my own cognitive way of helping myself. But, you know, every sort of forms of life, everything that happens, you can cope with or you can't cope with. It's yeah. Sort of, it's, it's quite simple like that. You know, and we all have episodes, you know, you lose a friend or you lose a loved one, you break up from a relationship, you know, there's things like that. Something doesn't go right at work that can kick it off or you just wake up in the morning and you don't want to do what you're supposed to be doing mm. can make you feel like shit. Mm. But, but that's yeah, the thing. You... But over the last year, you've had mm. three or four of those kind of things all happening yeah. to you and it, and it just adds the layer and layer and mm. layer. And but you, I, I was only saying this. I can't remember whether it was on a on a grizzly chat that I do um, every so often, or I was talking to somebody. But I was saying that it it when when everything is really black, and I felt this numerous times. There always feels to be just that little chink of light, just that little yeah. sliver that is something to hold on to. Mm. 
and and that I feel is I mean whether it was that you know, the little dog or yeah. it's just something there that can just drag you back from um, the abyss I suppose it's dra- yeah. it drags you back from the absolute bottom you know the I mean a lot of people say that you've got to hit the bottom before you can start mm. you know start moving up but sometimes people hit the bottom and they disappear yeah yeah you do you there is you're always going to get i mean i'm gonna say i mean talking about suicide you know sometimes i think people hit that lowness that's their only way out and they can't find the way out and they do it and i i'm afraid to say that those when you hit that level i don't think there's any saving anymore i really don't i think you know they've made that decision and it's a big decision and it's their decision you know and i would never ever shout out at that person that they're selfish that a lot of people say well that's very selfish on their families and friends and i always think well fuck the families and friends what about him or her yeah yeah. that has been at that point and why they got there so maybe a little bit of understanding to why they got there before you start saying i hate that selfishness speak when people say it but do you think that unless you've unless i mean the way i look at it now after speaking to you i think mm. and if you've been somebody that has has that letter in front mm. of you that is where you are literally on the doorstep of doing it aren't you you've 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 prepared yourself yeah that. yeah because i think at the time you know it's not like something i've thought about every year it's just at the time i absolutely thought no way out you know i yeah. was getting put to bed every night you know, I couldn't, I had to piss in a pot in my own bed every night. I couldn't get to the toilet, you know, when the morphine was too much or when the drugs were too much. I was sat there, you know, having to shit in a pot beside my bed and piss. And I just thought, there's no, I can't do this. No. I just can't. There's, there's no, if I stay like this, you know, and logically I knew I wasn't going to be, but it, of course. You don't think like that, do you? No, you yeah. don't. I thought this was it. This is my life now. Because again, I, I remember when you were you managed to be up and about on your feet, and mm. then you then you bloody broke your toe, didn't you? Yeah. So yeah, just to add insult actually, to injury. Do you, know, do you know the funny thing there is that I actually laughed about that one. I bet you did. Because it's a good job I th- you did, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, I was put on. I mean, bless them. The family helped me because I hadn't had a shower since December, and it was in January. And I really needed a wash. I was starting to smell myself, even though I was, I was, you know, washing out of a basin or whatever thing. And, you know, I said to them, I really need just to get under a shower. I want to feel a bit fresher. And bless them, they worked so hard. And they put this chair in the shower for me and got me in. And I was sat on the chair and I had the hose and away i went and it was i thought it was the best day ever and i was having a lovely time and i thought actually i feel 100 percent better and all i did was shuffle myself in the seat because i needed to sit up obviously with the wet i was sliding and my foot slid straight out from under me and just clonked the metal rim of the shower Ugh. but it had to be my good foot didn't it yeah and then you you sent me a picture well, you, of it didn't I did you and it was a picture. it, it was fucking grim. awful it looked yeah, it, it looked like you'd put your foot in a blender. Is what oh, it looked honestly, like. I, and I, I've never seen blood like it. And I, like, I thought to myself, God, this guy just cannot get a break. No, but, I was starting I mean, to feel like too many breaks. Yeah, too many. Yeah, because then I mean, obviously, I've I, so I would say like right past Easter was the worst time, and then 
I started to grow. And then the summer I sort of felt better because I could get outside yeah. and just sit. And then, you know, my own self was starting to feel a lot better. And then, as I said, I came back to the podcast and I thanked you for it quite humbly because, you you know, you said you didn't do anything. But to me, it was. we. It was like nothing had happened, but we managed to have the banter, the chat and everything else. Um, and that was that was like gold dust for me. I, I appreciated mm. it so much that... That's why I always thanked you for it. It was nothing that you thought you'd done, but it'd been miracles to me. So, well, I mean, the thing is, mm. it's 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 strange because we've been podcasting together for so long now mm. that it doesn't feel right if you're not doing it. Do you know no, what I mean? And as I much know, as exactly like that, yeah. thank thank you to um, to Loz who's been mm. on this podcast, and thank you to Ross who's a friend of ours as well that stepped in to your shoes but it's um it's never the same because mm. as far as i'm concerned that's it's what we do is that's we right. do um, mm. yeah i understand wh- whichever that. pod it is so it just felt it just felt very very it just felt good for the soul it cleansed me and it was needed you know but it does it, because i think mm. i think we we end up just chatting bollocks for an hour and a half or whatever yeah. and it doesn't matter what's on your mind in the real world mm. when you lock yourself away and you turn the microphone on for some reason all of that just fritters away yeah and you don't think yeah, about it, it until does. you go back until you go back out into the real world because you've had a nice couple of hours of just mm. just you know chatting about crap it, 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 and chatting about crap is is great therapy it really yeah. is you know I, I mean, I love all my friends to pieces, but you have the certain friends that just, you know, know about your issues and know about that. And straight away they come to you, how you doing? How's the mind? How's this? And you'd, I'm just like, you know, you don't need to ask me. I'm fine. You'll know when I'm not all right because I, I won't talk to you. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that sort of thing. It's And, they, you know, you know they mean well, but I'm one of these people that you have your, you have your problems and, you know, and we all do. But it's up to you how you find solace in those. So, you know, your way out is whether it's social media or whether it's going to the pub, which I would never recommend because alcohol and that wouldn't be a great mix. But, you know, if you need to go and socialise or do anything like that, whatever is your thing to give you that glimmer of hope, go and do it. Because if it's going to stop you from essentially topping yourself, then do it. It's it's good, you know. But I don't think... And another thing, I mean, this is just generically, and I'm a huge campaigner of this. Yes, we have ad campaigns talking about mentals, uh, men's mental health and, you know, the high suicide rate in young males and things like that. And they should really be addressing and looking at those and whether there is any anything more you can do. But, you know, like I said, if that one person is just that's their way out we mustn't demonize them for doing it no no we mustn't and people do and and yeah that's that's my big thing i mean twice in my life i've been the you know that in that frame of mind and both times there i've found my own way out and i'm sure most a lot of other people will you know if people want to go and talk and do it go and talk and do it you know go to do go to your doctor if you start to feel low there you know, you might not see them for four weeks, but still go and see them. Try and get in. You know, there's a lot of charities out there that deal with a lot of this. And, you know, when I was younger, I used them a lot more. And they were fantastic, you know. 
And cognitive therapy, a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people say it doesn't work. But I always say if you find the right way and what's right for you, it will work. Right. And it does work. Yeah. And I really do think that. Um, I'm not a huge fan of getting together in a big group and discussing it. I don't like that. I'm not even a huge fan of the one-to-one, but obviously no. I have done that in the past and used that because I always find it's a stranger. You know, I don't want to open up to them, but, you know, it does work because I have opened up to these people, but it's not my forte. It's, it's not, not sorry, not my, it's not where I find the peace that I want when I'm struggling. Um mm. I use my own cognitive therapy, which I use. I've worked out with the same doctor. I've, well, alas, she's retired now, and I have to use somebody else. But I used her for a good thirty plus years, mm. and she helped me big time, and she helped me hugely with it. You know, so much so that my medication that everybody you know gets chucked on is completely. It's not non-existent, but it's nearly non-existent compared to what you know you first when they first sort of diagnosed you know they chuck everything at you um so when you you said you felt like this twice in your life yeah in between the times oh i have massive highs and massive lows yeah yeah Mm. and i just wanted but obviously with on i'll give you a clue to what i've been diagnosed with Yeah, yeah you get massive i mean i was diagnosed i was first diagnosed with that when i was 15 so that's how long uh it's 15 16 but at that time see at that time i mean it's not as well thought it's not well thought of but you know what i mean it's it's more in the zeitgeist now isn't it mental Mm. health yeah stuff like that whereas back when you were 15 which was probably years ago yeah it it was you you were looked on it would have been looked at a little bit differently, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was odd and it was hard for my parents. I mean, you know, they thought everything was tickety-boo, but they couldn't understand that, you know, I'd have issues like I'd start a new job and I'd love it. The next day, something would happen. Uh, you know, we're talking 16, I was even 15 when I first started my first job at 16. And something would happen and I'd just walk. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, wouldn't even argue or talk to for the person that is a boss. So you I just, went through you just like, go. yeah, I was gone. Mm. And then at that time, I I can't remember a lot of it now because obviously a lot's passed. But yeah, I can remember walking. I couldn't stick at anything. I used to walk out of class at school, not be disruptive of anything. I'd just be like, oh, I've just got to pop out and off I'd go and I wouldn't come back. I'd just go home. <laughs> but th- th- see, then it ends up where, especially like when you're at school, mm. In in our time when you went to school, all of a sudden then there'd be a stigma about that, wouldn't it? And like yeah. the kid that walks out of the school, oh, he's the troublemaker. He's yeah. he's he's the weird one. He's the you know the the mental one. He's the crazy right. one. Mm. And it'd be just come that person would become stigmatized throughout all of their school life. I can remember yeah. people that used to be like that. Whereas these days now, it would be clinically looked at. Mm. And and although I mean I was supposed to be clinically looked at when you know when you were younger. Yeah, but... I mean I wasn't doing it. I mean every lesson or anything. I think no, I did no. it twice in the school years. I mean I did it more at the jobs because I just I couldn't get my head around certain things, and that was due to you know the depression or whatever it is. And you know I still struggle every day now. I just I can't get my head around. Here's something jolly, <laughs> and I I can't get my head around that. Um, why we should be working 
I can't get my head around that. I still struggle every day. I think to myself, I don't want to work. I want to enjoy life. Yeah. You know, you, you get shipped off to school at five years old. So the first five years, you know, fuck all about anything. You're just having a jolly time dribbling, drooling and crawling. You get shipped off to school. I was never a fan of school anyway. It's like, you know, I, I could nip the quote that my dad the t- um, my dad said to my grandmother, she told me years ago, that his first day he came back, he said, yeah. And she said to him, how was school? And he said, yeah, it's all right. Don't think I'll do it again, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that sort of sums Soccer. up yeah sums up that and then i think well you go through school you go through education you either leave at 16 and get a job or you go till you're 18 and go to university so you're still in education and then you go through your work life are you ever really happy with your job they say there's no such thing as a perfect job no. probably not no i mean i'd like to have a go at certain things but probably not you're not and then you retire at 65, 67. Lucky you live another 20 years and you're dead. And I can't get my head around the fact of what a waste of a life. That's it. Yeah. You know, we should be experience everything in the world, multicultural things. And, oh. but I know obviously you can't live your life like that unless you win the lottery. <laughs> Well, but there's some people that, that that do have that kind of thought, isn't it? That they don't really mm. care what they do. So they're just going to just travel on the wind kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I don't think I've got the mental capacity to do that. I kind of like to know where things are happening and things are going. Exactly but, right. Because you get all the stresses of day-to-day life. You've got yeah. your bills to pay. You've got to put a house or a roof over your head. And you, you've got to look after your children and... Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love looking after my children and everything, but still at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, wouldn't it be nice just to sweep your children up and go, right, we're off to Scotland today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It just, that to me would be a lot more educational than learning about pie or whatever it is you learn at school. I mean, I've never used any of that. And everybody says the same, but I've never used any of it really. I eat a lot of pie. Well, yeah, there is. (laughs) Yeah, I feel the same as that. And there's another, I mean, that leads me nicely on as well. I mean, I, I suffer, I get a lot of, I wouldn't say deep depression, but I get depression about my body weight. I fluctuate like you wouldn't believe. I, I you know, I can go up and down two stone in days, I feel like. Mm. It's weird. And would I say I'm addicted to food? Yeah, probably. Yeah. And, you know, what a shit addiction because you can't live without food. That's the thing. And it's, it's, it's socially acceptable. I've mm. always said if somebody saw me shooting up in a restaurant, they would, they yeah. would come out and slap it out of my hand. If they saw me eating four Big Macs, yeah, they, they wouldn't think care. anything of it. They would no, say, oh, well, look funny. At that. Look at that. He's look at him over there. Them, yeah. Wow. He's eating four of them. Why? Thinking I'm yeah. probably on man, man versus food or something. Yeah. But they wouldn't come up and stop me. No. So it's, a, yeah, it's a... And I, I find that part of my illness, because when I feel really low, uh, you know, I can eat. That's your drug, is it? That's can be, yeah. Me. yeah. I that's, mean, that's I'm, drug, yeah. I've got an addiction. I've got an addiction problem. I know I have. Mm. I, I I can't drink, not because I'm addicted to it, because I know I would, could become addicted yeah. to it. That's why I don't drink. you just got an addictive personality. Mm. I think that's a bit like, I'm the same. Is, and you I, know, and... We Everybody has a drug. Before. Yeah, I, I, think food I, I struggle about smoking all the time. Really, all the time. Um, because I took that on as an escape when I was fourteen. You know, I've never and seen you smoke. 
Have you not? Well, I don't smoke. I haven't smoked in years. Right, right. I've got, I mean, I have a little, I don't even have the normal everyday vapes. I've got one of these little sucky things for nicotine if I get really anxious. Really? I didn't know that. Did you not? No, No. I don't vape. Yeah, yeah. But that's just to try, I mean, well, it's not really vape. It's not like go and get all these flavors. I'm taking a nicotine shot. I mean, I've had hypnotherapy to try and get me off of it. See that? And even I've learned something. Yeah, but then I don't smoke really. I mean, I've got where I've been out in my you know older life and have had a drink and got tipsy, and then yeah, the cigarettes go easily. Then yeah, um, another reason I don't drink. But it could be worse. You know, I could be a drug addict. Right, but that's what I find. Just quickly on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fine with the mental health is um, your addictions. It, it affects me in a low place. I will excessive in a higher mm. place. I'm all for not doing it. It's weird. And that's what I would say to a lot of people. If they are struggling, they don't know what to do and they're finding, all right, smoke, let's take smoking. That's what they're puffing away. And it's fine, but just address it when you can and yeah. then try and fight it. And that's where my cognitive therapy has really helped. I feel it always right. works best to look at those kind of things. When you're on a high, when you're yeah. going up, yeah, yeah, the roller coaster, than when you're coming down, because yeah. there's there's too much to unpack. I think there's don't, too. You know, don't yeah. beat yourself up about doing something that's bad for you when you're on a low, because if it's going to give you that little bit of escapism, all right, it's not going to be the first. You know, it can be a double-edged sword or whatever. Yeah. But just at that moment when you're at your lowest point, if that's what's going to help you, just do it. Don't yeah. don't listen to everybody saying you can't do this you can't do that you can't do this do what's right for you and look after yourself yeah because everybody you look at people and i'm guilty of this and i know everybody is you'll think to yourself oh i wish i had that person's life their life looks perfect yeah right yeah it's only it's it's a book cover isn't it you don't know what's going on but i would guarantee you that one of anybody will have that moment and the big black bear will come and get them. That big black bear doesn't have to win. It really doesn't. Uh, I think I've, I've learned that you just have to try and keep it at arm's length. Mm. It's always going to be there, mm. but you just got to try and make sure you don't let the claws get yeah. into you. I think is, is, is the way, especially over the last few, like last month or so, that's the, what I, the way I've mm. been looking at it now is, is, is you just got to just keep him, like you used to do if you get find a, a little person, yeah. fr- grab their head so that they can't reach you, you know, and then just let them swing away. Keep it there. Yeah. And keep yeah. something aside that you know that will distract him as well. Is, is Don't be frightened to just have distraction. Yeah. Because distraction can lead for you to get rid of him for longer. But I would also call out at Christmas time can be a, a, a shit time for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, you're right. And yeah and it can be and loneliness can be a huge part for the older people and i know they do these ad campaigns and they're all with good intentions but they have the fake celebrities that piss you off so you don't watch them but genuinely if you've got a neighbor that lives on their own you don't have to go in and sit with them you might not even like them that much but just knock on the door and make sure they're all right yeah yeah it's all you need to do you don't need to listen to them you don't need to do anything like that. Just go and make sure they're all right. Cause they might actually that day just say, no, I'm not actually. Yeah. And then you're helping somebody, but don't you, pester you anyone. Be, you could be their little dog. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I know full well, it, 
I mean, it might not happen again. It might happen again, but I'm not going to dwell that I'm worried that it will happen again, that I'll get that low. You just no. can't think like that. You've got no, to no, think no, of course not. every day and forward. And I know it's the same old tropes that everybody comes out with, but there's a lot of truth underneath it. But there's also people need to back off about mental health. And I, I'm going to say it out the here as well, is I don't think social media is very good for mental health. No. At all. I really don't. It's bothering me. You, I mean, I've had to come off of it completely because it started to really bother me. And I don't know why. Because I was never a victim of anything. I was never anything like that. I think it's just you're scrolling and it's empty. It can turn your brain to mush, definitely, mm. without a doubt. Um, so as we're sort of coming to an end, but mm. where are you now in regards to your recovery and like the, the future of, of you with your injury then? So my recovery... Um, I'm now found that my bones all healed nicely in the kneecap, but I've got an issue with the ligaments that hold the kneecap and my leg. So I've got a very weak leg, or as I like to call it, my withered leg. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so I'm having a lot of intensive physio every, nearly every day, every week. I'm on new tablets. I have a couple of little procedures, nothing major. That's only like day things. I've got to have injections and all sorts, but I think I'll be back at work in the next two months. So that's great. That's a that's a really that's my time. Yeah, that's a really positive positive. Yeah, thing. and this is where I've come to. This yeah. is. I just hope anything that anybody takes from this is you can hit despair, but you can get yourself out of it. You you know, help from fr- friends and family is fantastic, but you can get yourself out of it. Yeah, and you know. And I might be back, but like I said, at the moment, I'm in a good place mentally. Yeah. I'm in a forgetful place mentally because of the tablets, like yeah. big time. Yeah. Um, And I have other worries, but at the moment, I just thought to my, I'm in that place where I think, fuck it, you know, Christmas is around the corner. I'm going to enjoy this Christmas because I didn't enjoy last Christmas because I didn't know it. I didn't see it or yeah. didn't feel it. You know, I'm just going to enjoy this Christmas. I'm going to enjoy try to enjoy life a, a little bit and yeah. well if anyone deserves it mate it's you that's for oh, sure thank you very much but so, i will also say to anybody out there that who is listening to this and would like to ask any questions about uh, you know i like i said i've been open but not deep open because i don't yeah, want to yeah, go yeah. so deep yeah but if they do want to ask questions, please feed them through to you and you pass them to me yep. and I will answer them honestly. And, you know, if people want to know certain things, whatever, I'm yeah. happy to answer questions. I can't say I'll, I can answer them with advice, but I can answer them. Yeah. Um, final question, which is yep. the final question that I've now, I'm asking everybody. Um, Two-part question. Question number one. Um, ten year, if, you, if you could go back to your 10-year-old self, yeah. And give him one piece of advice. What would you tell? What would you say to him? Oh, what would I say to him? Don't worry about the strange feelings. Now I'm talking about mental feelings, not yeah. puberty feelings. <laughs> <Just> you. <laughs> yeah, well, before anybody says. But do you know what I mean? Don't you're gonna feel odd growing up. Um, especially with when you get all what happens to you throughout your life. Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. Try to get rid of the worries. 
That's okay. all I would say to myself. Just quite honestly, is you know, life's a, here's a cliche. Life's <laughs> a roller co- coaster, it and certainly you know, is. you know, and it is for everybody. And my ten year old self is that well is say. Try and find a career where you don't have to get your eyes tested. Because that was another kick in the teeth. (laughs) (laughs) I always wanted to be a fireman. Like, that was my dream job. It genuinely was my dream job. And I got through all the physical and everything and then failed the eyesight test. And I got booted out. And I was thinking to myself, if I'd been a fireman now, I'd be retiring in four years' time. Yeah. There you go. Second part of the question. Yeah. 75-year-old version of you comes back to you now. What would you hope that he would say be saying to you? You made it. Yeah. Yeah, just genuinely you made it. Because, you know, I don't sit and, like I said to you before, I don't sit and dwell, but every time I think, you know, there's illnesses, there's problems, there's everything. But if I get to 75, I'd be happy. So I'd like him to come back and just say, you made it. Oh, mate. Mm. Well, this was a lot more honest uh, than I was expecting. <laughs> I must yeah. admit, I was, was a lot of stuff that I didn't. Um, no, I didn't and think we'd like be I said, about, she, you know, but... I'm happy to bring out a side of me that I don't talk to very many people and about it. But I just thought to myself, if it helps even half a person to know that they're not alone. No. Yeah, just it's well, fine. I hope. I mean, I hope you know how much i love you mate i really do i do i do i um, really do i really do and it's um we've said it a million times in regards to everything that we've been through over the last 10 and a half years we've not we haven't laughed i've not never laughed as much with anybody that i've loved with you and And it still um, happens on the podcast that we have you know the belly laughs that we get and the yeah i just it's magical it's my this is therapy yeah. There you go. This is therapy. I'd recommend anybody that wanted to come and open up, come and talk. You, like you said, you don't have to say everything. No. But, but you might you find go. it good. But it all is good therapy. I mean, just Bless look after you. yourselves. That's I all I'll say. We want to say thank, thank, uh, thank. You. It's Merry Christmas to everybody. It this, is Merry this Christmas will be, on this. this will be top going thing. out on, mm. uh, be going out on Boxing Day. Um, so yeah, so Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, let me just get through the gumph before we say a proper goodbye. But yeah, uh, if you want to get in touch, please email bigblackbearpod at gmail.com. All the links for the podcast and YouTube and Facebook and the other social medias are all on the, the, the show notes. And um, if you enjoyed the podcast, but you need some help now, then the Samaritans, you can call them in the UK on 116-123. And in the US, it's 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. And the US suicide hotline is uh, 988. Um, Once again, Neil, I don't know what else to say. but um, Have a lovely Christmas. I hope you've had a lovely Christmas. And I I love you, mate. I really do. I love you too. I love you. I do, genuinely. Yeah. Let's That's get married. It. That'll, yeah. <laughs> Let's get married. <laughs> Bye, friends. Yeah. <laughs>